Hi folks and welcome once again to the Great Scott Cinema Club podcast. My name is Chris Toll and I'm here with the bold Keezy. Say hello to the lovely listeners, Keezy. Hello everyone. So Keezy, tell the people what we have in store for them in this episode. Uh, well today we're taking you back to 1986, a year in cinema that has wall-to-wall classics. Well, you would probably think that, but me and the Academy would um, disagree with that. Well, you know my thoughts on the Academy, Keezy, any semblance of credibility. Uh, they lost that, the second they overlooked Jaws for the best picture. You're absolutely right, actually. So, <laughs> so which of the Walter Wall classics are we covering first then? Well, I think it would be rude not to start with the top grossing film of that year, which is Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun, Top Gun, Top Gun. <laughs> eh? Aye. A film that's in line for a sequel next year. Yep. And not before bloody time, if you ask me. Aye, you're right. What a film. What a film. I love it. Um, I'm not as excited about it as you are. Right. <laughs> what was wrong with Top Gun then, Keezy? Half of it was a recruitment video for the US Air Force and the other half was a music video for Danger Zone. Right, so what, what that, about... That, that makes it good. Exactly. <laughs> what about uh, the old Berlin? Or take, the soundtracks. Take my breath away. It's, soundtrack is is up there. I won the Oscar. Hanging, hanging with the boys. <laughs> Come on. If you're going to tell me that you watched that film... And you seen the oiled up bodies and you think, <laughs> think to yourself, I want to be in the army. I want to be in the Air Force. Do you know what I mean? It, surely, on, on the strength of that, it worked. But, listen, what, I, I don't know, honestly, I don't know how people can, can knock it. I love Top Gun. It's got everything. It's got the guy, the dysfunctional wee rat bag that shouldn't be good, well, shouldn't be good at what he is, but because he's natural ability, Aye. is the best in the business. Let's be honest, he's a wee dick. <laughs> isn't he? You've got Val Kilmer looking like a million bucks with a haircut like fucking Vanilla Ice he with a mean crowd. I hate this guy. Who, Iceman? Aye. Aye, obviously, that's Aye, the whole I know, point. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, then you've got, you've got like Tom Skerritt as well. Do you know Aye. what I mean? You've got people that... Tim Robbins for some reason. Exactly. <laughs> Tim Robbins. <laughs> Tim Robbins as well, who else have we got? You get Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis, back in the day. My goodness. Oh, but have you seen her now? <laughs> she, oh. <laughs> she looks like a fucking melted action figure or something. <laughs> she has not, not aged well. Whereas Tom Cruise looks better now than he did then. I know, but see, there, there was one standout in this for me, and it was an actor called James Tolkien. Right, now... You won't, maybe don't know him by name, but see if I had to show you a picture of him, you'd know exactly uh, who he was. Well, I, I didn't know him by name, but... Did you look him up? Oh, he's in... He's every, in everything! He's in the awesome film of the 80s. Exactly, he was in every one of the Back to the Future movies. He was in Masters of the Universe. He was in the Amityville, he was in Serpico, he was in War Games. Do you know what I mean? The guy. And he's good in them all. Exactly. Right? He's brilliant. Disappeared off the face of the earth. But he was good in them all because he played the same character oh, in them all. Which uh, Strickland? Nah, he played the he played the principal in <laughs> Back to the Future. Um, he plays like the the higher ranking officer in Top Gun. Aye. 
and uh, he's the one that's always shouting Maverick and Goose down. <laughs> and then like, when they do the flyby, he's the one that gets the coffee all over his cell <laughs> and all that. Um, there's, there's great scenes of that money getting that. I do like that. Uh, that's a, a great film. It's got Meg Ryan. Right, and really a first, a first real like, like, role where she wasn't on the, on the periphery in the ah, movies yeah. and stuff like that. She was more a, a central character. Um, she, yeah. she plays Goose's wife. Traumatising death scene for you, mate. <laughs> Don't man, because it's genuinely a, 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 a there's a handful of movies that that raise emotions in me, but the scene of the scene of Gus's death and Maverick trying to come to terms with it and all that, man, it's it's it genuinely cuts you to the bone. But um, people people slag this movie off, but it's a lot deeper than. Um, it gets credit for. Yeah, I, I was in um, New York not that long ago, and I was on the USS Intrepid, the yeah. aircraft carrier. Yeah, right, Keezy Avenue. We've been pals for how long? And you've recently went to New York and been hanging about a a warship, <laughs> and, and I didn't know anything about <laughs> this. <laughs> no. See, as soon as I walked, paid my ticket to go in and walk, walked in. Danger Zone's playing. Seriously? <laughs> and uh, the gift shop, Top Gun, seems to be playing on a loop. And uh, the guy told me that uh, in the summer, they put the big cinema screen up on the warship and you can go in, they all go in and watch Top Gun. And you just sit next to all the the jets and the planes and the helicopters and all that, watching it. So that would be absolutely brilliant. Ah, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> we were talking about on the last uh, episode, we were talking about watching films with an orchestra. Exactly, orchestra, why you watch it on a, on a gunship? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> amazing. That does sound amazing. Yeah. Right, so um, we'll move on for Top Gun now. And the second highest grossing movie in 1986, perhaps surprisingly, because I don't remember it being like a hugely popular movie at the time, but I remember loving it myself. But I'd, I don't know a lot of people who had actually seen it. It was Crocodile Dundee. Um, launched the career of Paul Hogan in America. Um, he actually won the, I think it was the Emmy for the the best uh, the best comedy performance in a movie that year. Came right out, came right out of left field. For years and years and years, my cousin told me that he was actually Hulk Hogan's brother, <laughs> and I believed it purely because of the blonde hair. <laughs> Forgetting that Hulk died. Aye, Aye. must come with the name. (laughs) Absolute charisma, (laughs) oozing out of every pore. It was sorry, it wasn't the Emmy. It was a Golden Globe. It was a Golden Globe. Aye. Um, So, aye. Some cracking one-liners in that movie as well. Um, My my overriding memory of Crocodile Dundee is actually his pal, see the wee old Australian guy. Aye. That runs the pub. Um, him, he's he's hilarious in oh, that one. Um, I've not, it's a film I've not seen for years, but I really should uh, sit down and watch it at some point. Uh, uh, there's some brilliant bits in it when he's shaving with the wee disposable razor, and then uh, she walks along and he throws that away and takes out the knife, Aye. and then he's been shaving with the knife. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Linda Kozlowski, Linda the legs, Kozlowski. <laughs> the legs. <laughs> Aye, she was. Do you know what I was? Funnily enough, like you mentioned Linda yeah, Kozlowski there, but 
I was reading uh, some reviews for when this movie actually originally came out, and I'm not sure who the review was from, but the review said, this film would have been good if there was any sort of semblance of chemistry between the two leading <laughs> actors, right? I always remember it. I always remember rooting for them when I was watching the movie. I, so, but I actually agree with that because because uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner had far more chemistry than these two did, aye. even though they were like, married for, but they're not married in real life for like, thirty years. Were they really married? Ah, it goes back to that episode of Friends where he says if there's if there's no chemistry on on stage, then they must be doing it <laughs> backstage. <laughs> Well, I mean, so that, obviously they were going at ham on tongs in the in their trailer in the outback. <laughs> but um, I watched it not that long ago, and I didn't, I couldn't remember that um, the limo driver in it is Alfie Diehard. Is it? And he saves Mick Dundee's life in it, so that's him saved Mick Dundee and John McLean on film. <laughs> what a no wonder he retired after that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I was watching an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine recently, and obviously the main character of that's a pure diehard fanatic. Uh-huh. And for his stag do, they hire Al. He drive him about. <laughs> 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 it's good, man. It's good. Um, so we'll move on for Crocodile Dundee now. Um, and the next film we've got is actually it's another Air Force movie. I know that you've not seen it, Keezy. Oh. Um, but the reason that I'm, I want to talk about it is because see this film. This was a good film. And if it hadn't have been for Top Gun being out that year as well, it would be remembered a lot more fondly, I think. Um, it was definitely left in the shadow of Top Gun. Um, if it had been released any other year at all, a lot more folk would have yeah. seen it and would have spoke about it. Um, it it's Iron Eagle. Um, basically, what you were saying about Top Gun is kind of what I feel about Iron Eagle, so... <laughs> I think I, I need to watch Iron Eagle uh, back again, but I remember it being a really good movie. Um, then there was another another movie that came out in 1986 that I liked that you've not seen again. Right. You're supposed to be a movie fiend here, Casey, <laughs> you know what I mean? And do you know what else? You're meant to be an 80s fiend as well, so how have you not seen any of these movies? You're a disgrace. Um, There's more to come. <laughs> this one is Youngblood, right? Uh, Youngblood's about Rob Lowe. He's a young farmhand, um, but he's, his heart lies in the NHL. He wants to be an ice hockey player. Um, so, basically, it's get a, he, he moves to the city and he, he tries out for an NHL team and he gets onto the NHL team. Um, the person that he was trying out against gets onto another team and they become rivals. And then uh, Patrick Swayze kind of takes him under his under his wing and guides him through his first his rookie year in the NHL. But then I, I won't waste too much in there. But it's a sounds good. The eighties there was a there was a spate of like sports, uh, paint by numbers, underdog sport movies. Uh, we'll right. talk about a couple more of them um, on this episode. But this one's one of the the ones that doesn't get mentioned a lot and to be honest with you it's one of the better ones out of the lot of them it's done on a relatively small budget for the 80s but it was it had a great cast and it's a good story as well um, don't expect obviously Citizen Kane <laughs> or Rocky 4 but 
Uh, definitely, if you can look it out, or if, you, if you get any chance of getting it, it watched, definitely give it a watch. Um, the next movie is one that you you hold close. I, I remember the sequel a lot more than I remember the first one of this. But, uh, yeah, fire away, crazy. I suppose in the sequel, they're, they're, uh, Brian Dennehy and uh, Brian Brown are pally, are in it? Aye. Well, you better tell them the name of the film. Oh, first, I suppose, aye. So it's FX... Um, I just got some cool scenes in it. I don't know if you remember much about it, but there's a there's a bit that looks as if it would have inspired Home Alone. Aye. Aye. There's two like mobsters chasing him down, and he sets up traps for them. <laughs> I think they end up killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Well, that doesn't happen in Home Alone. No, no, I don't. Know, but <laughs> Imagine that Marvin Harry <laughs> dead. And home- Anyway, right, so that moves on to uh, the next movie, which is Wildcats, which was uh, Goldie Hawn's big movie. The, he's one of our big movies in the right. 80s, with, alongside, obviously, Overboard and, and stuff like that. But right. in this film, she's uh, she takes over a high school football team, um, American football team, I should say, not football. Um, she's the manager of them, right. and it's all about her trying to get them to become a winning team. Um, obviously, they don't want to be coached by a woman at yeah. the start. It's basically dangerous minds with football. Sounds good. It is good. It's a good film. <laughs> it launched a few careers as well. Right, so the next one is one that obviously a lot of people, uh, in fact, anybody who is like a, a sci-fi fan or anything like that in the 80s will have seen this film and... Ninety-five percent of them will have loved it. Anybody who is a music fan will have heard the soundtrack. Um, we're talking about uh, Highlander. Yep. So, Casey, so, what's your memories on Highlander? I, I loved it when I was a uh, kid. It's a brilliant story. Immortals, there can be only one, and all that. But it's never been. I don't think it's ever been done justice in a movie. Uh, but this film, I mean, everybody loves it because it was like the, the first one, but. If you watch it back, I mean, the, the first fight scene is absolutely horrific. He's fighting in Madison Square Garden in a car park or something like that. Right. But the guy he's fighting looks like a math teacher. I mean, there's absolutely no way he's getting beat off this guy. Nice. And it's to me and you could choreograph a better sort of fight than now. Aye. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's maybe you're out of bash. <laughs> but um, it's also memorable for. Sean Connery's death, it was absolutely traumatising watching that. Is it no right, where's Sean Connery meant to be in Highlander? Yeah, Conor McCoy thinks he's Spanish but he's actually Egyptian. Right. So what's, what's, <laughs> the, what's the accent like? So you've got a Scotsman playing an Egyptian and a Frenchman playing a Scotsman. Right. And where does the Spanish part come in? His name, I can't remember his name but Right. Something like that. Uh, Ramirez, I think it was, or oh, something na- like that. Oh, Nacho Ramirez. <laughs> 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 right, aye, so, no doubt he done the same accent that he does in every film, anyway. Oh, I mean, he's still brilliant, isn't it? He's a bit the only actor that people just go, oh, come on, it's Sean, you can... It's all right. <laughs> aye. He sounds well, a bit German. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, as you said, Queen. Queen gave this film three absolute... 
classics. Aye, you better believe it. It was a one vision. It's a kind of magic. Um, who wants to live forever? Who wants to live forever? vision in this film? Kind of magic, definitely. Who wants to live forever? The album was Princes of the Universe, Princes which ended the up being the theme tune for the TV show. And I loved the TV show. What, the Highlander TV oh, show? I loved it. Um, that was about Duncan McLeod. Of the clan McLeod? Aye, but he, Christopher Lambert's in the first episode. Oh, Chris, the top. Christopher Lambert. I remember that. He used to be Christopher Lambert. <laughs> right? And then folks started calling him Christoph Lambert. <laughs> yeah. I've always called him Christopher Lambert until I just called him Lambert three <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming off the street, change my mate. <laughs> I think you know he's everything, son of a gun. Um, right, so Ramirez was his name. Oh, yep. uh, Hammer to Fall. That was in Highlander as well. Hammer to oh Fall, man. Hammer to Fall is my favourite Queen song, and I didn't know that, that was in Highlander. <laughs> I've never seen Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I see, back in the day, my cousins used to ram Star, Star Wars down my throat right. all the time, and I built up this defence against science fiction movies because of it. <laughs> I hated them. But I, I liked Star Wars, but see Star Trek, Highlander, stuff like that, I, I wasn't in it. No? Not at all, man. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't recommend watching this film. I wouldn't, I no. wouldn't change your opinion, no. No, oof. So, and two thumbs down. Worse. Two thumbs down for Highlander? Well, this film, it, for its time, and because it was the first one, it had this great story... Ah. It's alright. Right. Well. But I know people that love it and it's their favourite film ever. Aye, there's a mad club. I'm sure there like, will be. Oh, remember the Goldbergs episode, in fact? Oh, remember that's the right. Highlander club, actually? The only one Highlander club. That's <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> that was two. Um, <laughs> right, so move on to Highlander. That's another one of these underdog uh, sports movies that I was telling you about. Right, okay. This one's actually a true story. So I so it's not as if uh, Hollywood's thought, oh, let's make a story. This is actually real. This is a story of Lucas. Um, right. He was a young boy that was mad on Notre Dame American football. Seems to be a wee bit of a theme of American football <laughs> creeping in here. Um, but he he start. I think he basically he starts off as like the he cleans the boots and stuff like that, and he's the kit boy and. Uh, then he manages to finally get a place in the college so that he can try out for the American football team. Right. And uh, obviously I'm not going to go in and tell you the, the ending and stuff like that, but I love this film. I love it. Right, so we'll, we'll move on then. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll skip by uh, the rest of Lucas, but like I said, see, Lucas a great, feel-good movie. It's one you watch with your kids as well. Might raise a wee tear. But Sounds great again. It, it really is. It's you a get good, three sports movies it's to a go back film. and watch. Mate, you've seen any time I talk to you about a sports movie, you've seen it. And that's weird, man, that three of these ones so oh. far and you've not seen them. Um, right, so... Next one. Stallone's first movie on the list. A film that used to kind of scare me years ago when I used to watch it, uh, Cobra. Right. Do you know what it started out as? What? Was it Die Hard 2 or something? Like no. That? What? It was, Dave, it was our mutual friend Dave Stewart again that told me this. What was this? 
It started off as Beverly Hills Cop, and Stallone was Beverly Hills Cop, and he rewrote the script and came up with Cobra. So basically, somebody's gave him a script and he's scribbled their name it, <laughs> put his name on it, and then tried to pass it off as a whole new film. Uh, he's just he's just completely changed the whole. The whole when you think about it, but he said that he, he said that um, he would have made Beverly Hills Cop. If he was making it, it'd be more like Saving Private Ryan. Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> he just he wanted to make a cool. See, Beverly film. Hills Cop could have been more like Saving Private Ryan. What <laughs> it wouldn't have been in Beverly Hills for a start. <laughs> I don't know what he meant by that, but I think he just meant by the violence. Nor- the, Normandy, the Normandy Hills but, Cop. Ah, <laughs> uh, he, he was originally be Axel Foley. He was written. Do you know what? I did not know that. There you go. And I usually I like we. You know, get nuggets of trivia like that. Um, imagine Stallone is Axel Foley. Oh, well. Hey, you just don't follow your dick. That I Cobra with the Jenkins. I loved it. I loved it. It's still, still a good film. I watched right. that a couple of years ago. Still a good film. And again, one of, I wanted one of the guns with the laser sights on it when I was a wee guy. But this this was a bigger hit in Europe. So this is the box office smash. Than in America. Uh, was it not? Was it made in Europe? Because quite a lot of the the actors and stuff like that, that are in it are like Eastern European and and stuff like that. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, maybe right. Uh, like compared the, to these other films at this time, this is more like a direct video thing. Being honest, but aye, but it's ah, it I don't know. Like I said it was a big hit in eighty six. Uh, uh, do you know? See the bad guy in Cobra. He was another one that was in loads of films right. back in the day because he had that big ugly face. <laughs> you know what I mean? See that big villain face that that guy had? Right. And uh, there was a, a scene in that where they had the tights over the head and all. Remember like, we were talking about Jagged Edge before? Ah, that's right. 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 And there was a scene in Cobra right. where he had the tights over the head. Nah, I don't know what it was, but that used to terrify <laughs> the life out of me, man. Honestly. Do you know what? See if somebody came in this room right now with the tights over their head, I'd absolutely shit myself. <laughs> I, I've <laughs> just, to this, this moment, realised that that's a deep-seated fear in me. <laughs> somebody wearing a pair of tights over their head. I wonder why I get involved in the wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, the other thing about uh, Cobra is... I was telling you years ago, me and my mate went to Madrid for the Madrid Derby, uh-huh. and I looked up to see if there was anything on when we were there, like any gigs or anything. Aye. And uh, we only on the events page for Madrid on that Saturday, and I think it was on buried in page eight. It said Robert Tepper. Tepsy. The plane, and uh, but there was no. It, it had the date, the time, the venue, but that was it. You couldn't buy tickets. There was no link in it. It wasn't a picture of his face. It was just a picture of a microphone. And I went on his website and there was no mention it. That was just plain no easy way out. And I looked. <laughs> as, as his consult uh, should be as well. <laughs> but I thought, like, if he's playing in Madrid for some bizarre reason and I'm here, I need to go yet. Just for the one song anyway. I but, I so I the first song was the cover of Burning Heart. So I was like, right, we're in the right place. And I just automatically assumed that the last song's going to be No Easy Way Out. Right. But it was the second last song. Right. What was the and last song? And then the last song, he says, right, here's the moment you've been waiting for. And I'm like, eh, you've already played it, Tepsy. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that he played No Easy Way Out again. No, and he said, uh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I thought, oh, I'm going to get that a second time. Here we go. 
He says, no, is there any Cobra fans in tonight? And the place went bananas. Aye. And then all of a sudden I start looking around and everybody's wearing a Cobra t-shirt. And it was a song for Cobra, Angel of the City, which I've never heard in my life. and I bet you've heard it now. Oh, I've heard it now, and it's, like, it's, it's, no, it's no, no easy way out, put it that way. Uh, but it must be a huge in Spain for some reason. Aye, uh, well, Robert Teppelman, you know, you know my feelings on him. I've been having a wee bit of an action with him on Twitter recently. <laughs> Love the Tepsy, still hasn't followed me right enough. <laughs> right, uh, so after Cobra, we've got Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, we've spoke about this before, Keezy, and your thoughts on this are pretty much the same as your thoughts on Short Circuit, aren't they? Aye. I have to disagree with you on this one. I think this is a classic, an absolute classic. Everybody wanted to be Ferris Bueller when they watched this film when they were away. True. Right. Looking back on it now, Ferris was a Absolute grade A tadger. <laughs> right? I mean, that headmaster nearly had a nervous breakdown because of him. <laughs> uh, his sister ended up in the jail. That's right. Hooked up with Charlie Sheen, <laughs> which you know is not going to end well. <laughs> he wrote off his best mate's dad's motor. Aye. Because he forced his best mate to take a family heirloom out into the city. Right? His mum and dad could not see past this guy. He was their idol, their absolute shining light, the apple of their eye. The minute their back was turned, he was the evil spawn of Satan. Right? But... Still, going back to when I watched it as a kid, loved him. Thought he was the coolest guy ever. But I tell you what, see if my son ever starts hanging about with somebody like him, he'll <laughs> not be getting in my house. <laughs> tell you that for nothing. As I say, this is a film I've watched, but I didn't watch it at the time again. Aye. I watched it years later, and I thought, I feel like I should be enjoying this more than them. Aye. No, I understand that. I mean, it's... It's a film of its time, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, and we'll touch on this later as well, uh, I think it's a film that you could remake you now. Aye, definitely. Um, but skipping school for a big deal anymore, though? Well, if you're skipping school in America, you're less likely to get shot, so... <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but uh, like there's there was a Mia Sarah who played his girlfriend oh, in it. Right, she was another eighties legend. Like she was in like we spoke about legend, funnily enough. Um, That's and she was in legend. Uh, she was in this. She was in. She was in a lot of other ones. I remember a Murphy Time Cop. Aye, Time Cop with Van Damme. That was that was nineties, was it not? Aye, ninety four. Aye. Aye. Um, so. His sister was played, we spoke about, ended up with Charlie Sheen in the movie. Um, his sister was played by Jennifer Co- Jennifer, Jennifer Gray, Gray sorry, aye. Um, another person, much like Kelly McGillis, who is completely unrecognisable today, if uh, they were shot in the 80s. Aye, that, the horse is through choice, though, isn't it? Aye, she plastic surgery, aye. out her nut, man, she looks nothing like the way she used to. And uh, So what? 
<laughs> exactly. So what? Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, aye. So for me, Ferris Bueller, definitely a, a thumbs up, but for you, a, a thumbs down. After some good scenes in it, but... I'd You've seen the um, Twist and Shout? Aye, that's Twist good. and Shout. Aye. Like that. Aye. <laughs> right, so uh, we've, we've spoke about uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Next one, I think we're both in agreement here. Um, love the love the whole series of movies. Love the recent TV spin-off show. Um, this one was the first, uh, the first sequel in the series, and it's Karate Kid Part Two. Yep. Daniel goes to goes to Japan, Okinawa, with uh, Mister Miyagi. Because Mr Miyagi's father's very, very ill and he's mm-hmm. passing away, he's ready, he's ready to die. Now, just to be looking at Mr Miyagi, you'd be thinking that his dad had died maybe about 20 <laughs> years previous. You know what I mean? Yeah, Pat Marita looked 90 years old for the, for the minute he stepped onto a movie set, I think. Um, but, um, probably um, in the same vein as a few of the other films here, um, this is the sort of film that when you watched it, the minute it was finished, you were you thought that you were karate kid. Went <laughs> uh, do you know what? See this film, it, it also launched those wee drum things. Aye. Right, and you still get them to this day. Aye. Like in Blackpool and all that, all the wee shops still sell them. <laughs> um, my, my overriding memory of this movie is the the ice smashing scene oh, in the in the club. There's no way he's doing that. No, no, no way. In fact he'd break his hand on the very first one. Aye. The only thing that was, ludicrous, but was it as ludicrous as Van Damme bursting the bottom the bo- bottom brick. Bottom brick? Aye. Oh, that's more believable. You think so? Van Damme. Well, you think Van Damme could burst the bottom brick more than Daniel Orso could Six it. columns of ice. Six columns, right? <laughs> and it's not like they're wee thin columns. Yeah, he puts down a grand on it. Excuse me, he's got money coming out of every pocket. His dad's just died, he's on an inheritance <laughs> that you wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's got that, uh, that, that war pension. <laughs> Army pension. <laughs> Aye, Mr Miyagi, but uh, Karate Kid 2, brilliant one. Um, Aye, it's, it's on a part of the first one. Not for me. No. No, I think the first one's the best by a, a, a I think this one because Miyagi gets his hands dirty in this Aye. one. Um, fight with the start with the... With Sato, and um, where the, the young boys smash up his, his allotment kind of thing as Even well. Even at the very start when he's fighting the... Yeah, uh, John Kreese. Aye. Aye. I uh, move just it doesn't do anything. Not true. Just moves out of the way, John Casey's hands and <laughs> ligaments and all that are hanging out. Aye, <laughs> uh, 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 John Casey is a bad article, wasn't he? Uh, and the song for this film as well. Um, just, does Chris, he doesn't appear at any other point in this? But no. He's in the third one. He's in the third one with uh, Silver. Scary guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's man. <laughs> he turned up in Cobra Cat. Daniel Orso can't get away from this guy. Is he, is he in the TV he's, show? He's in the second series of Cobra Cat. Have you not seen Cobra Cat? I've only Cat? seen the first episode. I can't get the other ones, are not he? Oh, it's only, excellent. It's free. It's free on YouTube, probably, man. It's only the first two episodes. No, it's the thing where they put up, they put up an episode a week now for free on YouTube. Right, I'm good, I'll get on that. So, right. aye, it's, it's excellent. It really, it's, it, you know what you're getting 
Do you know what I mean? It's, and because it's aimed at adults this time, there's lots of swearing and stuff Aye. like that. But they've still got that kind of teen high school kind of pulse going through the middle of it, obviously because they're training the kids. But Aye. I like the way that it's painted Johnny is the good guy. Aye, I, I and like that and, well. uh, and Daniel is a bad guy. It's Aye. definitely definitely puts a fresh spin on it. I had a song, song for this. That was nominated for an Oscar. Glory of Love. Aye, I am the man. But, uh, take, take my breath, he won the, the Oscar for best song that year. Oh, for a top man? Aye. Um, I probably so. agree with that. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> but tell me this one, which song do you listen to more often? Oh, definitely Glory of Love. There you go. Aye, you're right. Yeah, Damn Academy again. Bandits. <laughs> 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 um, right, so that was Karate Kid 2, um, then we've got Basil the Great Mouse Detective, now you love this one don't you? Well, well you were busy watching horror movies, and I was watching this. You were watching kids movies? Because <laughs> <laughs> your mum wouldn't let you watch Freddy? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a good film, but nobody, I don't even, nobody remembers it, nobody cares about it, but that's because this is was the film that kick-started Disney coming back and making all the... All the big hits. Aye, this was the one that gave them the confidence to go, right, we're back, let's go and make... They made The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, uh, Pocahontas, whatever, mm-hmm. like, all these... Beauty back the Beast, and Notre All those classics, and it was Basil that started all that. But it was Basil? I thought it was Walt. <laughs> well, <laughs> it doesn't get, doesn't get the credit it deserves. Right, so, um, tell me about it. He's just a mouse detective. What's happened to him? <laughs> what does he have to detect? I can't really remember, but I know <laughs> it. <laughs> the bad guy in it is played by Vincent Price. Vincent Price? Oh. oh. Not played by him, he's voiced. Voiced by him? <laughs> but, um, Vincent Price, was he the, the vampire hunter? I, I or was, or was, was, the, was he Dracula? Aye. Aye. Uh, Vincent Price. He was the guy that narrates the starter. Michael Jackson's thriller. Right. Yeah. Iconic voice, man. Yeah. Iconic voice. So, um, Creatures crawl in search of blood ah. <laughs> to terrorise your neighbourhood. That's terrifying. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we'd give wee Basil a mention. Basil, the great mouse detective. If you've got any kids, force them to watch this. Aye, ah, definitely. Uh, they might hate you for it, but um, force them to watch it nonetheless. Just to assert your dominance in the relationship. <laughs> um, so, the next one we've got to talk about uh, from 1986, Keezy. Again, I think we're going to we're going to end up fighting over this one, aren't we? Um, we've got Labyrinth. Oh, we could do it. So, tell me why you think Labyrinth's rotten. I don't think it's rotten, but I don't think it's this, this magical film. I think David uh, David Bowie have it all. Bowie. Aye, um, <laughs> I think he's brilliant in it. Um, I think the wee goblin guys, are, all the puppets are brilliant. Aye. But I hate Jennifer Connelly. I'm not rooting for her one little bit. Aye, she hated the man at the start. Uh, I'm didn't not, she? Aye, she was, uh, you're, you're not going to talk me around to seeing this from your point of view. I'm sorry. No, no, I don't. This film is it's something that ties, it binds me to my wee cousin. And I won't hear a bad word said against it. <laughs> right? But it's like, 
another film that the soundtrack was brilliant as well. Obviously, oh, dance magic dance. What I saw. I know. Man. You remind me of the babe. <laughs> <laughs> babe with the power. So I don't hate it, but I, it's, I, I, it's did you see it when you were a kid? No, mate. Did you see any films when you were a kid? <laughs> Did you have a telly at home? Did you have a video recorder? It seems to be that in the films in 1986 I didn't watch the kid. Ah, you have a video shop membership, Mr. Annett. <laughs> there was none of this Netflix back in the day, my oh. man. You had, to, you had to get... Remember when you used to have to... Uh, put me down, I want to see this film. Put me on the waiting list. Remember you, there was a waiting list for films? A simpler time, man. A simpler time, honestly. I always seem to only ever get the Back to the Future films. What was my goal? Another film that we'll talk about later, but I never watched it until years later. I think you have to watch it at the time when you're that age. I I agree. And I see why people love it. It still holds up. The the big goblins and that are still look good. I see it's Jim Henson, you know what I mean? Sorry, another film which was released a year later. It's um, far superior to the Princess Bride. The Princess Bride better than Labyrinth. And mapping. Aye, but I, I wouldn't put them in the same bracket uh, though. No, but it's kind of an adventure film. And aye, I suppose. I suppose, aye. Um, right, so we'll move on for Labyrinth then because I'm clearly I'm not going to I'm not going to win you over. No, in that argument. <laughs> um, but oh, this one, take it away, Keezy. What have we got back from China? So that was the film that I was. Alluding to that, uh, every time my grand took me to the video shop, this is the film I, I got. Aye. Just loved it. It's absolutely it's bonkers film. It's absolute madness to the minute it starts, <laughs> to the minute it ends. But Kurt Russell's amazing. Aye, old Jack. Jack, Jack Button. <laughs> well, you know, it's like old Jack Burton says. <laughs> He doesn't love that guy. I know. <laughs> I, imagine what being driving the road and having a CB radio and just sitting listening to Kurt Russell <laughs> telling you uh, telling you stories because that's that's all he does well. essentially. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, I love this film. Man. I, I loved it as a kid. I still love it to this day. And I've got a mate that loves it so much that he's named his music production company after it. Uh, Lopan Media uh-huh. and uh, obviously that's uh, you nod to David Lopan the, the villain of the piece uh-huh. um, he's a good body aren't uh-huh. you man he's a good body <laughs> and obviously you've got your woman for uh, Sex and the City Kim Cattrall uh-huh. uh, she's in it looking splendid um, and you've got the the three ninjas the three uh-huh. ninjas and that are amazing not proper you thought, how are they, they going to get away from these crackpots, man? <laughs> you know? But essentially, Mortal Kombat's still one of the characters. Oh, that, that's... 100%, that's stolen... Aye, uh, Raiden. Uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat is definitely just... I mean, there's no even any change in the design no. or anything. The suit was identical and everything. And uh, do you know what? Remember the big monster at the end that's in his, in his truck? Aye. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, it's scary bits of that. I've uh, yeah, been watching this when I was at my grand. Oh, it's a, a few sleepless nights, man. Uh, it could be worse. You could have been watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you thought that was scary, the next film that we've got 
would have put you in Hartwood for the rest <laughs> of your life, right? Um, this is Aliens, an absolute bona fide classic Keezy. What do you think about Aliens? Very sorry to say that I have not seen it. I've never seen any of the Alien films because I'm a big scaredy pants. You certainly are a big scaredy pants. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to need to do? I'm going to need to. In fact, do you know what? See, one of the first times you ever came to my house, did we not sit down to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something like that? And it was a Sunday afternoon. Did, you I, did I make excuses to leave? You did! <laughs> You did, you did, you made excuses to leave. There was a few years we were going to sit down and watch it. We ended up not watching it. Uh, I can't remember why we, we didn't watch it, probably because the rest of them were shite bags as well. Um, but I know you're not a huge fan of horror movies. Um, I'm not a huge fan of sci-fi. But I loved the, the Alien movies, the original, the original uh, ones. The, the few that have came in the the, part, in the most recent past have been terrible, um, but Aliens was the first sequel in the, in the uh, series, and for me this is the best one out of a lot of them. Um, it's just like a, a group of, um, like, it's, it's like a group of mercenaries kind of thing, uh, they're trapped on this fucking spaceship with these things man and the the feeling of helplessness that you get from them and you also feel as if you're enclosed in these areas and it's just it's brilliant and you you want them all to survive and because the character the the way that they build the characters at the beginning of the movie and again obviously you've got you've got uh Sigourney Weaver, sorry. You've got Sigourney Weaver, but you've also got um, people like your man that we were talking about in the last one, uh, Bill Paxton. Aye. He's he's in it as well. He's brilliant in it, man. Um, iconic line, obviously. Oh, is that for the second one? Aye. Game over, no. man! Aye. Uh, he did that off the cuff? Uh, I believe it was improved, but I, I don't know, and I can't ask him anymore. No, but uh, Aliens, absolute classic movie, and I don't care what you say. No, In fact, I, you know what? Watch it. You don't I, even need I, to watch the first one. On you don't even need to watch the first one. Uh, Aliens stands alone as a brilliant Does film it? on its own. Is it James Cameron? Yeah, uh, yeah. But apparently, men don't pay money to see a female lead. Let's be honest, with you mate. The Just leads the in the, the leads in the movies were were the aliens. <laughs> No, I mean. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> still, I take it she's good in them, though. She's gone to evil. She's excellent in them. Aye. Yeah, she's really been in. She's been good. I quite like her. She's like Jamie Lee Curtis that way. Anytime she turns up in anything, yeah, she's I, always I really like, good, man. Definitely. She's always really good. Um, so, after that, we have got ST4. Yeah. Star Trek. Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home. I'm a big. Star Trek movie fan. I'm not a Trekkie or anything like that, I wouldn't, but I, I, love the, I love the movies and this is one of the best ones. It's, uh, they have to go back to 1980s San Francisco to save two whales. Or they have to bring the whales back to where their time to save humanity. You're getting mixed up, mate. It's Free Willy you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Free Willy got the idea. <laughs> I enjoy <Joyce> five. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 
say it's Captain Kirk and Spock walking about 80 San Francisco trying to blend in there. It's hilarious. It's a is, that, is that like a comedy? It's the funniest Star Trek film by a mile. Aye. Aye, it's, it is part comedy, it's brilliant. <laughs> Plus, it's an even numbered Star Trek film, so you know it's good. That's the is thing. that a thing? Aye. So, Star Trek, the original one was shite. Terrible. Then you've got Rafa Khan. Brilliant. Right. Then you've got yeah. Star Trek 3. Search for Spock. Cool, so that one was shite, then Aye. Search for Spock. Four good, San Francisco. Brilliant. Five. Uh, can't remember what it was called, but it wasn't good. It was. No. Again. Right, the so six ones called the Undiscovered Country, and that's a good film as well. Undiscovered Country. Right, well, see the way that you've told me about that Star Trek 4, that would actually prompt me to go and watch that because it sounds like, like a funny premise. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a damn hoot! <laughs> see if I watch this and I go, oh, that's great! I'll kill you! Right, so the next one, the uh, movie that we've got. Another sci-fi one that I did watch actually in the 80s, um, 1986. I maybe didn't watch it in 1986, but I've definitely seen it when I was a kid in the 80s. And it's Flight of the Navigator, right? There's, there's no 80s kid that didn't see this film. You know, it's uh, on a par with... Well, not on a par, but it's definitely up there with um, the Goonies and stuff like that for, for adventure movies in the 80s for kids. Now... We've had this discussion a few times, Keezy. There's a certain uh, type of film that I think is prime for remaking. Um, and this is definitely one of them, Flight of the Navigator. Um, if you could remake that as close to the original as you could, but with today's technology, yeah. it would it would look incredible. And obviously there's still the heart of the original story there as well so there's no reason why a film like that can't be remade and before you jump on me and say oh don't this don't remake a classic shut it because <laughs> the classic will still be there for you to watch uh-huh. you know what I mean and a remake doesn't sully the original no. in my opinion I mean one of my favourite movies of all time is Nightmare on Elm Street they remade that a few years ago it was garbage that doesn't mean I don't like Nightmare on Elm Street anymore, so go over it, you <laughs> absolute gimps. Okay? Thank you. So, um, uh, we'll move on for Flight of the Navigator. I loved it as a kid, and I remember watching it all the time, but now I just I can't remember much about it. No, right, do you know what? It was, I think I, I watched it a couple of years back, and it's very 80s. It's very, very of its time, right? right. But me being cynical as hell... When I've been watching The Mandalorian recently, the only thing I keep on thinking is, I want one of the wee Yoda <laughs> teddy bear things, man, right? The baby Yoda things. See if they re-released The Flight of the Navigator just now. See the wee monster that sits next to him and it's got like, it's got like wee eyes on its fingers and stuff like that. And that would sell <laughs> hundreds of thousands if they made it into a toy. It really would. So, um, I don't see why. And it's is it a Disney, is it a Disney movie? Is I'm, not it? Sure, I'm, not sure. I'm not 100% either, so we'll maybe just not bother with that. <laughs> um, right, so we'll move on for then. Uh, the next one is Howard the Duck. Right, you've not seen it. I, unfortunately, have seen it. It is utter garbage. It's, it's crap. Honestly, <laughs> it's so bad. Right, 
But the reason that we're talking about it is because he's kind of he's kind of going through a wee bit of a renaissance now. Howard did up because he is part of the Marvel universe, believe it or not. Right, and he <laughs> he was the post credit scene for I believe it was Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that film. Probably my second favourite of the Marvel um, the Marvel universe movies, um, and he was <laughs> see an Endgame. He's a, he's actually in the march on a on a Thanos when all of the all of the heroes come back. Is that? Take it's a blink and you'll miss it. Aye, aye, but he's there. Aye. He's there. So it kind of makes you think maybe he'll end up with his own wee like, sitcom on this Disney Plus or something like that. You know what I mean? Because that's what it would need to be. You couldn't have him being a, like, a legit crime fighter kind of thing. <laughs> and if you do, you need to aim at kids like, like a bucket of hair kind of right, idea. Aye. You know what I mean? Um, so, how the Duck, do not go out your way to look for this film because it will be time that you'll never ever get back it's <laughs> crap right next one The Fly uh, Jeff Goldblum brilliant what a guy this was the first time I think I've seen him in a movie um, this is a film that I absolutely should not have been watching at my age <laughs> but I loved it um, and you've got uh, Gina Davis right um, I'm not really sure any of the rest of the cast for this one, to be honest with you, but it was... This film was, was excellent. It's a, people think it's a horror movie, but it's a love story. Right. It's a, obviously the guy is a, sign, a scientist. Right, He has developed a teleportation device and he, sta- he starts uh, seeing this woman, Gina Davis... Um, so when he takes her back to his, his house, he's like, check this out, um, puts puts a cat in there, or a, it's a cat or a dog, I think it's a dog, and it turns the dog inside out, and she's like, right, you, you're a psycho, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, you're a psycho, I don't want any to do with you, so eventually he can, uh, he needs a human um, to test it on, and he can't get a hold of anybody to try and do it or anything like that so he decides to do it himself but when he does it a fly gets into the chamber room and his DNA splices with the DNA of the fly um, and gradually throughout the movie he, he, trans, he transforms more and more into like a human fly hybrid and it's really all about it. it's basically it's about a guy dealing with an illness and being in love with somebody that he can't have now because of decisions that he's made in the past. Yeah. And it, it's a good film. It's a horrible film. There's a lot of very there's a lot of very, very gruesome scenes in it as well. He rips a guy's jaw right off his head. You know what I mean? Um I bet his jaw falls off and all, which is hilarious at the time if you're if you're watching it. Um but as a scene where, obviously, if you if you know anything about uh, the natural world and flies, is that flies to eat their food, they regurgitate it, right? right? And they, they ask, well, they, they regurgitate onto it, and their stomach acids break down the food, and then they suck it all up, right? And he does this to a guy's leg, and the guy's leg melts off, man. It's, oh, it's... Horrendous. Right, I can see why I've not watched this film then. But 
Uh, apart from that, it's a good little Sunday afternoon <laughs> <laughs> movie. Um, right, let's talk about the next one. Uh, again, a classic. Oh. A, a five out of five. Ninety-eight percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Hundred percent on Metacritic. Ninety. Ah, no, I'm just saying this. Oh, right. uh, should be though. Should be. It gets a hundred percent on the on the toll scale. <laughs> um, stand by me. Now we spoke about uh, goodies on the oh, last aye, episode, right? This is it's very it's a it's similar. Well, it's more obviously more realistic. It's aye, it's similar. It's more realistic. It's more aimed at like a like the teenagers rather than the kids, the the younger the preteens. Mm-hmm. Um. We spoke again about how everybody had this wee group of pals right. when they were younger. Um, you've got like, the, the the fat one, the funny one, the lazy one, the ugly one, the one that was good with the lassies, right. stuff like that. This film, it, it epitomises on it. It, like, it's such a such a pure movie. It's brilliant, yeah. man. Right. And the, the performances by the four main... Kids are absolutely incredible. You've got Will Wheaton, you've got Jerry O'Connell, you've got River Phoenix, and you've got Corey Feldman. Aye. Right, and those those four are are people who you'll still know of to this day. Obviously, River Phoenix uh, passed away at a young age, but um, and Corey Feldman's just went right after the reservation over the last few years. But that is a new place. They, they four boys. It, obviously, if it hadn't have been them to begin, we would be talking about four other boys playing these roles. But you cannot imagine anybody else no. playing these roles. This is the sort of film that shouldn't be remade. I agree with that definitely. They, they cannot improve on it. Whereas, no. like we fight today, it's not dated that much. Exactly. Plus, it's set. And when is it set? The fifties. I'm not sure when it's set. It's, it's got to be the 50s or 60s, Aye. it's got to be, right, so it looks as if it's been made in the 50s and 60s, Aye. which is, it's it's ideal, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, um, obviously you've got the, the story of the race to find the dead body, Aye. between the young boys uh, who have got no way of getting there other than Whoa. by foot, um, a treacherous kind of kinda, uh, journey that sees them coming up against some ridiculous uh, ridiculous situations like the, the part on the railway oh, bridge. I know, still. I you know, know you know that they get off safe. Uh, you're still shooting the wee guy to get up. Jesus Christ, move your ass. <laughs> that would definitely have been me, 100%. Yeah. That would have been me. <laughs> no, that would have been me. <laughs> no, who am I kidding? That would have been a getting a carry code off a big Sunny or something like that. But, uh, no, this this film is just uh, like, I've, I've actually perked up now that I'm nah, thinking about it. Seen the leeches as well. Oh, and the and the <laughs> uh, what the swamp. Aye. <laughs> and, and he's got the leech on his cock. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but River Phoenix. Um, talking about like, phenomenal actors, obviously. River Phoenix, if he had of still been here, yeah. you'd be talking, well hopefully, 
Uh, but I do believe you would have been talking about one of the greatest of all time. Right, um, his range, as even as a kid in that movie. Absolutely brilliant. Aye, he's and there's a there's actually a song um, by the Stereophonics called Chris Chambers, which is the um, the character that River Phoenix plays, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Stand by Me, and it, but the song's actually about River Phoenix's life. Right. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful song. It's a, just a an acoustic song. It's, well, the- the character and the actor both the tragic ends. The character, well, I of course at the end of the movie it tells you that he stepped into stop a fight and he, he gets was it stabbed or shot? I stabbed in the throat. Kind of was a tender. I know. God's sake, she could have wrote that definitely. Aye, <laughs> 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 but as this is this is one of the films that as obviously we spoke about the last time. You should be passing on to your kids. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Because, it, see, do you know what else it does? It, it makes you appreciate your pals. Aye. You know, it makes you appreciate your mates more. And, uh, just that. Uh, Keith Sutherland, what, a, what an asshole, wasn't it? Aye. Total asshole, aye. Bit brilliant, isn't it? Aye. What? Something to Ace or something like that. Aye. Aye. Hey, come on, Ace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, but. What a film, if anybody hasn't seen, seen it, you need to watch it. Do you know what Stand By Me's got as well? It's a lot like, without the supernatural nonsense, it's a lot like It, where you've got, you've got the kids, like this mm-hmm. group of losers kind of thing, that are, and then you've got, uh, obviously, Ace, who is Kiefer Sutherland's character, but he's like the kind of Henry Bowers character Aye. for It as well. And there's a lot of parallels with it, and I think you, you find that through a lot of Stephen King's work as well. Um, because pretty much all the characters that he writes are based on people that he grew up with. Yeah. So, and looking at Stephen King, he must have got bullied something stupid when he was a man, <laughs> know what I mean? But, uh, aye, it's a, it's a, a great, great film. Beautifully told, beautifully written, a lot of excellent cinematography as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the sort of film that you don't get today. You don't no. get any, you don't get films like that anymore. No. You don't, and it's it. Oh, I'm looking forward to the top threes at the end of this one. Please, right. I'll tell you, this is. See, I, I told a, you. I owe 1986 an apology. Do you know why? No, why you want an apology? Because you had to see my passion for these movies. <laughs> That's what you had to see. You need to realise that. So. Yeah, we'll move on to one now that, that you can talk about, Keezy, again. Um, uh, Tom Cruise, maybe. Yeah. Um, Paul Newman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if you've ever seen Train Spotting, there's a wee throwaway line to this uh, movie and Train Spotting. When Begbie's talking about when he was playing film, he's like, ah, I'm playing like Paul fucking Newman, by the way. <laughs> that what he said, I think, you know that. Aye, aye. Just, just before he throws the tumbler over his head and. <laughs> Well, after that, the game was mine. <laughs> but I this film, the colour of money. Um, well, it's great because Paul Newman finally gets his Oscar. I think he was nominated nine times in total. Aye. And he won, he won for this best actor for. And the cap, the Caprio ones that he never get one. No. You know what I mean, Paul Newman. I, mean, I love Paul Newman. Maybe not for this film, but he still. Playing an iconic character. Oh, is that a doubt? He d- takes Tom Cruise under his wing, tries to teach him how to hustle. 
But the, one of the best scenes in the film has been Tom Cruise is on the pub on his own and he's mm. getting bored trying to pretend he's rotten. Aye. So he uh, he says, you know what, I'm just going to beat everybody. But the way he's doing it, he's like showboating in between shots and Aye. dancing around the table and all that. He's brilliant at it. Aye. It's an amazing scene. And you just see Paul Newman in the corner, that furious film. Shaking his head. Aye. It's a class scene and it shows Tom Cruise. I think this gives him more legit, legitimacy going forward. What, that movie? Aye, because it's 86 is his breakout year. You've got Top Gun. Aye, you've got Top Gun. It's, it's not going to... Well, it won, it won an Oscar. Uh, Top Gun won an Oscar. Aye, um, obviously you had Legend before that. Aye. But this, what you say, this is a movie with a legit top end actor. Aye. And Paul Newman, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's not a... It, like, Top Gun, really, you could have put anybody in the place of Tom Cruise. Right? True. And Top Gun, right? But this actually showed his, his proper acting skills, you know Aye. what I mean? And um, he's... Uh, and... There was a what was the, the first one in this? This was like a, this was a it was the hustler the hustler and this was a, like a sequel, wasn't Aye. it? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So did did Newman get um, nominated for the he hustler? Did he get nominated for the hustler as well? So technically, would he be the first person to win a best actor Oscar for a sequel? For playing the same character, Aye. I think. I think he was. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a good it's a good it's Martin Scorsese, so it's, it's a good film. Um, we'll move on to the next movie and the last. Uh, there's only actually two left on the yeah. list, Casey Boy. We've got um, one that won the Oscar last year, which we'll talk about in a second. But we've got one here um, that it's a it's a favourite of mine for years ago. Um, it's just a pure stupid film. Right. Pure stupid. It's called uh, The Golden Child. And it's Eddie Murphy looking to save the Dalai Lama. Or, something along the lines right but it's this it, like it's this kid who is I think he's either the next in line to be in the Dalai Lama right. or something along the lines right and he's, this kid's got all these magical powers and stuff like that but these bad guys want to I think this kid is the key to like world peace or something like that right. and obviously you've got these villains that that don't want him to be alive anymore but you can only kill him with a special golden dagger right so it's kind of like a race to see who can get the dagger first between the bad guys and the person who's looking after the wee guy who is Eddie Murphy right, okay. right? and some of the one lines one liners and stuff like that and that's a classic Eddie Murphy right. um, I don't think you've seen this one have you should get a bash because it's Pure 80s cheesy nonsense, man. But again, <laughs> one of the ones that just holds great memories for you watching it when you were right. a kid. And even, I've I seen it a few years back, and it's, again, like the special effects and stuff leave a lot to be desired, but it's good. It's, right. it's a very good film. And Eddie Murphy's love interest in it is one of the best looking women I've ever seen in my entire life. Who is it? Don't, don't know. know. Don't know. Don't know. But she's amazing. <laughs> right, so move on for the uh, the Golden Child, and uh, mate, you can you can have at this one. Yeah, this is uh, Platoon. So it won the Oscar for films released in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, Platoon. Um, I mean, it must be realistic depiction of Vietnam. I don't know. I wasn't there, 
Um, Never been to Vietnam. <laughs> the only place you've not been, your <laughs> rabbi. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good film with some iconic scenes. Um, Ber- Tom Burns was brilliant in it. William Dafoe was brilliant in it. Charlie but, Sheen's good in it. I like William Dafoe. So I do. He's got one of the big stupid faces that I was talking about earlier on. Plays a, <laughs> plays a great villain. He, he, he's great in this. Um, but the supporting cast for me are ropey. John C. McGinley, who we know as uh, Dr. Cox and Scrubs, mm-hmm. is horrendous in it. But for me, as he's really? overacting, is horrible. Some of the dialogue's cringy. But it's a well made film. It probably deserved to win the Oscar. Aye, uh, nothing more to say other than that. Um, but there was a, it reminded me of a film that was made a couple of years later that I preferred. It was Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn, and I can't for the life of me remember what it's called. Oh, uh, Michael J. Fox went to see them. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Aye, Vietnam. it's a I, brilliant. Do you film. know what? I've got the I've got the two films mixed up. Uh, Putin and the one with Michael J. Fox. Um, I can remember what it was called. It was called... I'm not telling you. If, give me the, the letters or something. No. No? No. I said it Do I know why? I'm being serious. <laughs> because now, if Michael J. Fox comes up on the random actor generator battle <laughs> at the end, I've got that movie and you don't. Right. But if it doesn't come up at the end of the f- at the end, you can tell me what the film was because it's seeing me alive. <laughs> Do you know what? And I know now that you're going to be thinking about that movie during the oh, actor, the random actor, actor generator movie quiz of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's got a new name every time we see it. <laughs> I know. Random actor generator movie database battle. <laughs> right. So, that's so covered. That's covered. Uh, the main, well, most most of the main movies are nineteen eighty six. Again, um, if there's anything that we've missed out or we've forgotten, um, yep. get in touch, shout us out, call us idiots and charlatans. <laughs> um, just as long as we know that you are listening and you are you are going to be um, interacting ways with regards to this, because obviously we're we're doing this for fun for ourselves as well. Yep. But we hope that uh, you're enjoying listening so far. Um, right, so, uh, top threes are 1986, what you, what you bringing in at number three? Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, you dirty rat bag. Is it? It's the one I picked as well. Why does it remind me of watching the film all the time with my grands? Because I love Kurt Russell, one of no. my favourite actors. Uh, you were saying that to me after the last one. You were saying that you, you didn't know if Kurt was maybe going to overtake uh, Kev. Uh, at one point. They're, uh, they're the two. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for uh, Big Trouble in Little China as well. Just... Same kind of, same kind of thing. Memories of watching it as a kid, loving it, being right. scared of the monster, loving the three ninjas, fancying Kim Cattrall, loving the wee, the wee uh, guy that was the, like the, the explosives expert kind right. of guy. I loved that wee guy as well. He was amazing. <laughs> um, obviously, 
uh, Ropan, the, the baddie, who was Cassandra's dad on Wayne's World as well. Aye. <laughs> Aye, that was that was excellent, a great film. Um, what's number two for you? Uh, probably controversial putting it at number two, but I'm going to go for Stand By Me. Have you done exactly the same? Exactly the same, Stand By <laughs> Me, number two. We are supposed to have disagreements on this at some point. <laughs> uh, you forget that we're pure tight mates, do you know what I mean? And there's a reason that we're mates. Um, so, right, Stand By Me, all the reasons that we mentioned Aye, when we were discussing it. And what are you going for for number one? Um, I'm picking Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. because uh, I, I watched it again this week, and it's just a brilliant film. Um, one of one of the scenes, um, she goes off on a when they're still in Australia. Mm-hmm. She goes off on her own to prove that she can get to the top of the mountain before him. But he's following her, and you see her uh, just by the wee river. She starts like, stripping off, and you see him in the bush. She's like, Whoa. And that's what you, as if you are, you're doing that as well. I think my glasses were steaming up. <laughs> but then the next minute, a bloody crocodile comes flying out the water at her. Aye. I was watching it on my phone. I remember. He was everywhere. <laughs> I remember that scene, absolutely. <laughs> Dropped one in my skegs and all, one. I remember that. That was great. By the way, what year was Crocodile Dundee 2 out? Um. 89? 89, maybe. 89. Aye. Is that the man that they go to New York? Or? No, that's, that's, that's this one. They go to aye, New York. Aye. 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 I've not got a great memory of them, but they kind of melt into one for me, the movies. But aye. The, what you were saying, the shaving scene there. Um, again, I think it's Crocodile Dundee 1. It's when he gets held up in the subway. Aye. And he's like, yeah, just give him what he wants. He's got yeah. a knife. <laughs> It's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> right. stuff. Again, parodied on The Simpsons. Uh-huh. And I called it a cheese wazza. <laughs> Bullfrog. You've played knife spooning before. <laughs> that's not a knife. This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. Oh, I see you've played knife spooning before. Right, uh, number one for me is Top Gun. Uh, purely because I've watched it 784,000 times. Um, movie, brilliant. Acting, brilliant. Soundtrack, brilliant. They're going to mess it up with a sequel this year, but like I said earlier on, that doesn't ruin the first movie. No, but so, I, it looks decent. I, I, I think they'll do it justice. I hope so, because it took so long to get made, and... That'll get them to the next level of Scientology, if it's, <laughs> if it's, a, if it's a good film. God bless him. Yep. May Elrond Hubbard bless his cotton socks. <laughs> right, so, right, as, you'll, as you'll be aware, at the end of the uh, Great Scots and Club podcast each week, we will be um, doing a battle against our guest, uh, our guest of the week, but this week we've not got a guest because this is just really an art test, I want to be honest with you. Mm. He gets into the swing of actually recording these podcasts now. Yeah. Um, so, we've got the random actor generator, and it's going to be me versus Keezy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Random actor generator. Generate me a random actor. And Keezy boy, I need you to give me... 
A number between one and six. <laughs> two. A number between one and six that isn't two. <laughs> There's no way that was Leonardo DiCaprio. It wasn't, it was George Clooney. <laughs> um, five. Dustin Hoffman. A thousand of them swirling around here. We need to introduce it again as the, what is it, the actor quiz movie battle? Actor quiz movie battle! <laughs> That's but why we're here. Don't think I forgot that amazing jingle. <laughs> right, so, you got a coin? I don't have a coin on me right now, Keezy, I'm afraid. Well, I've got one. Right, so we're going to, uh, I get to call this thing? Aye. Right, okay. Right, heads. Tails it is. You dirty basket. Right. By the way, that film was called Casualties of War. Casualties of War. I would never get that. It's a great film, but I've never watched it again. I know. I Thanks for putting my misery. I won't. I won't bother my ass with it. No? No. Michael J. Fox. Great at making cocktails. Terrible at stealing tambourines. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go. Right. Actor quiz movie battle. I'll start us off by saying... Kramer versus Kramer. That's the one I was going to say. <laughs> Seriously, but I'll go for um, Meet the Fockers. Vain Man. Sleepers. The Graduate. Tootsie. Outbreak. Oh, uh, Little Fockers. Accidental Hero. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good film. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. I think I'm on a countdown here, Keezy. Aye. Struggling, mate, already. I can't (laughs) believe it. The guy's got about 7 million classics. Ah, I'm tapping it, mate. Aye. Beat me again. I'd up my sleeve. I was gubbed again. Aye. It's, I'm going to need to... I'm going to need to... We did better, that one, though. Jenks, so. Was that better than the last one? We only got seven films the last time. How many did we get that time? Eight? <laughs> no, obviously it needs to be a, it needs to be a, a odd number. <laughs> I need to actually say one to win, don't I? Aye. Hook. Ah, hook! <laughs> no way! That's not off, man, man. Right. I don't think you would have beat me at that. I I'd fancy my chances against him, David Dustin Hoffman. By the way, I don't think we're going to do very well against the guests when it comes to this. I, I had us skelton everybody every week at this. Oh, I'm still um, quietly confident. I'm quietly confident, are you, right? Aye. Um, that, that brings us to the end of the, this week's podcast, then. Yeah. And um, what is it? Say your, say your uh, catchphrase, mate. And with that, we're out of time. Right, Troops, uh, catch us again next week on the uh, Great Scott Cinema Club podcast. Um, we'll maybe hang up with a better uh, outro than this, but uh, until next week, here's Danger Zone by the great man himself. Thank you. Goodbye.